Good morning. Good morning, Victory family and friends. <clears throat> My name is Paul. I am privileged to serve as pastor of Victory Church, and I am probably the most technologically not savvy person in the group, so that I figured that out this morning is nothing short of a miracle. God is real, uh, but I wanted to, you to see some other folks from Victory here with me in Victory Worship every week. I'm playing what you guys have recorded, and it's such a gift and blessing to us. I wanted to somehow pull you in, and so uh, thanks in that in that particular video. Thanks to uh, to Crystal and to Katie and to Jonathan and to Angel and no doubt Tyler and Chantel and all who had something to do with it. Um, you continue to lead us in worship, even in this virtual space that we are all adjusting to and don't want to get too used to, but we're grateful for. Uh, Psalm 118 and 24 says, this is the day that the Lord has made and we rejoice and we are glad in it. Again, my name is Paul. I am privileged and honored to steward uh, this particular ministry, Victory Church of Charlottesville, where we exist to see people reconcile to God and to each other. Um, I am so grateful that you have chosen to spend the next 29 minutes with us here on Facebook Live, where we are every week at 1030, and prayerfully something is said that would provoke further thought and reflection um, and, and ultimately change according to Holy Scripture. Uh, this morning, I want to just say a, a, a special thank you to all of our Victory Group leaders. Uh, Joanne Boyle, Joe Coleman, Michelle Johnson, Chris and Kara Kidd, Kate Martin, Mark Menifee, Olivia Morley, uh, Tiffany and Lun Nguyen, uh, Troy and Chantel Savage, uh, and all of the group's leaders who have led during this uh, 16, 17 month or so tenure that has been Victory Church. Um, and particularly those that I just mentioned, they've been leading since September 13th virtually. That's hard. It's, it's just hard. Uh, and I am just grateful for how you have continued to be available and willing to lead and how uh, you and so many others have continued to be the church, even in the midst of the, the chaos of what we find ourselves in. We're supporting each other. We're praying for each other. We're virtually breaking bread with each other. We're trusting in the wisdom of scripture to support all of us through all of this and beyond. And so I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're amazing. Um, I want to, secondly, special thanks to all of you for continuing to give financially uh, to Victory. We are a volunteer-led church, uh, myself included. Uh, the only salary that we currently pay is that of an outside agency to manage the financial books. Uh, and soon, we'll, we'll likely have a second hire part-time or so, which will be someone to help manage uh, the property that we've acquired. What property? Well, um, you're giving uh, first and foremost as an offering to Jesus and your worship to him, though allows us in our stewardship of such finances here, uh, the, the privilege, the honor to be a blessing uh, beyond us. It makes it possible, for example, for us to purchase, as we've done uh, this past fall, summer even, uh, a residential home with cash. Um, and so we are getting closer and closer every day to having our first resident in that home uh, and, and pursuing justice through housing in the city of Charlottesville amidst so many opportunities to pursue justice as bearers of God's image here on the earth. But we're excited about this particular one. 
that without your giving could not be. So thank you. We'll be able to offer housing at a reasonable rate and help someone and some family to continue pursuing their God-given purpose on the planet and live victoriously. Uh, we've also, though, been able through your giving to partner with local organizations that have been serving in phenomenal ways over the years in ways that align with uh, our vision, even as a church, uh, City of Promise, Boys and Girls Club, Abundant Life, Loaves and Fishes, uh, Charlottesville Area Community Foundation uh, Fund. Uh, we've been able to, we have been blessed to be a blessing and you've been a part of that. And I wanted to just take a moment to just specifically say thank you for your continued giving. Uh, we steward it uh, with God's wisdom and help to send it out uh, to be a blessing in the ways that we that we can. And we look forward to procuring even more properties so that we can, again, have everything that even comes in through those properties go right back out uh, into this community God's called us to serve. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Mary Mason opened us up uh, the first Sunday of this month in talking about our being thankful. The sermon series is Give Thanks. And he talked about how we can be thankful with hope. Last week, we emphasized how our thanksgiving can be displayed by not quitting, uh, that by recognizing with gratitude that Jesus never quit on us, thank God that he didn't, never quit when we may have quit, never stopped talking to us, when, he, when we may have stopped talking to him and so on. Uh, but because Jesus never quit, it's so that now through Jesus's strength that we too can press on which is more than uh, uh, just a, a stay strong message, right? But rather a message that reminds us whose strength ultimately enables us to press on. Um, today, we want to extend that message a little bit uh, by looking at the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, and we'll look at verse 28, just one verse this morning. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, if you're turning with me in your Bibles um, there. And as you turn there, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this day that you have made. We rejoice. We are glad in it. We love you. We appreciate the opportunity that we get to break open the word of God every single day um, in our individual time. And then in this way, uh, virtually together to see what it is you have for us to grow in. So open up our eyes, as the psalmist says in 119. Uh, 18, open our eyes so that we can see all of what's in your law, all of the wonderful things in your law for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, and it reads this way. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. And the title of the message this morning is Unshakable. Unshakable. Uh, how many of y'all watching this morning, how many of you like roller coasters or you used to like roller coasters? Um, if you did or do still, what's the scariest roller coaster you've ever been on? Drop it in the chat. I'm just curious just how crazy some of no how exciting and adventurous some of you all are what's the craziest scariest roller coaster you've ever been on i'm gonna date myself a little bit but i remember um the batman ride at six flags which was 
this inverted steel roller coaster. I think it opened up in the early 90s. Um, and I remember going on that ride over and over and over again. Roller coasters, just they just didn't phase me for whatever reason. I could, I, I was that kid who would convince the other kids to get on it because it was no big deal, of course. And then I'd be the one laughing as they screamed the whole way down. Why did I do this? Get me off of here. I know that's terrible, but I was that kid. <laughs> I love roller coasters. Couldn't get enough of them. And I was a terrible friend. Anyways, um, but snakes, shifting gears a little bit, um, uh, from roller coasters that didn't phase me to snakes, which would make me regress like to toddler stage. Literally, you'll find me in the fetal position <laughs> hiding somewhere behind a tree. Uh, whenever snakes come out, just not my thing. They shake me. In fact, maybe it was several months ago here at the house, I heard my bride Taylor outside screaming for me or calling for me. I'm going to be in trouble for that one. Uh, she was calling for me. Uh, and so I came to the door. I heard her and I said, hey, what's going on? And she says, well, there's a snake outside our door. So I'm standing at the door. She says, there's a snake right outside. I said, well, what are you calling me for? <laughs> I didn't really say that, but I was thinking it like I don't do snakes. How I can't help <laughs> at all. I'm kidding. Um, sort of. Not really. We, we got some great neighbors who came through in the clutch that day. I will say that. <laughs> but the truth is. Roller coasters and snakes. The truth is, uh, even if you're like me and roller coasters don't shake you, they don't phase you, um, they don't bother you, um, maybe like me, snakes do bother you, or maybe you're unlike me and snakes don't bother you. The truth is, there's something in life, and, and many times there can be several things in life that we might go through or endure that do bother us, that does shake us, that does mess with our minds. Maybe it's snakes, like I said. Maybe it's maybe it's your favorite team having a losing season. Uh, maybe it's the days getting darker sooner as they are now. Maybe it's diabetes. Maybe it's a breakup. Whatever it is, there are moments, there are, there are seasons that we come to and through where we might be tempted, right, to fall back, fall back into habits, fall back into ways of thinking that may provide some temporary relief, but could actually exacerbate some bigger issues. You know what those are for you. And I believe the text that we've read today in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, is a timely reminder to give thanks, worship, repeat. That's the main point. Give thanks, worship, repeat. Because we have uh, access to, we are a part of an unshakable kingdom. For some context and background, the writer of the book of, of, of Hebrews, this, this letter, if you will, or a sermon, as it is sometimes referred to, uh, the author is not explicitly named, but it's clearly known, uh, the person who wrote it, it's clearly known by the recipients, just by, you can sort of read through and you gather that there's some familiarity between the readers and, and the one writing to such readers. And the writer is communicating that sort of more broadly that Jesus is our one mediator, whose once and for all sacrifice, in fact, paid for our sins, opened up a way to God, which is a place to pause and have a praise break, if you will, because that's good news. Jesus paid the sacrifice for your sins and for my sins. 
it's a good day, any day, the good day to get up and say, you know what? If I am grateful, I can go to heaven. That's a good day. Anyways, this particular letter is written to in, encourage Christians, uh, particularly in a time of, of trial, in a time of difficulty, in a time of suffering. Anybody ever go through suffering in life? Anybody have a trial or a tribulation in life? Um, on my 41 years on the planet, I can tell you, you're either going into something, you're in something, or you're coming out of something. Life, it just has its challenges, and they don't make appointments. It's a whole nother conversation. But it seems as though the, the, the readers of this letter are in danger of drifting away from their faith, going back to the comfort of their old customs. And in fact, there may have already been some, some defections or uh, separation from the faith community. And so the author is encouraging them to stand firm, stand firm in the faith. He's reminding them of the new covenant, which comes through the death of Jesus Christ, and that that new covenant is superior to the old covenant, which consists of external regulations. There's also the series of warnings from the writer of this letter to the readers as to what dangers are associated with their drifting. They're very real reality of them of, of, of them walking away, if you will, from their faith or remaining immature in their faith or refusing to move forward and grow up in God. Verse 28 begins with, therefore, and I know when I read that, everybody who calls victory home, they, they, they know what's coming next because when there's a therefore in scripture, I always encourage to find out what it's there for. And in the verses prior, we see the writer referencing in so many words that God is going to clean house. The prophet Haggai from the Old Testament in chapter two, verse six, says it this way. For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And the writer of Hebrews goes on to say in verse 27, there will be a removing of what can be shaken, the created things, if you will, so that only what uh, will remain are those things that cannot be shaken, so that what cannot be shaken may remain, is what the scripture says. Isaiah 40, verse 8 says, the grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Give thanks. Worship. Repeat. The folks being written to y'all, they were experiencing some, some difficulty, some hardship. In fact, followers of Christ have experienced persecution throughout history. Their stuff getting stolen, them being thrown in prison, even martyrdom. That's been a part of the persecution of the followers of Jesus Christ. Now, we are fortunate. We live in a space in the Western world, the United States of America, where we are able to practice our faith in peace and in safety. But for many around the world still today, that is a legit threat to their life. Can you imagine how tempting it would be to compromise what we believe in to protect ourselves, to protect our significant others, to protect our kids, whomever? Many of us in America, they, we, those such threats aren't even needed for us to compromise our faith. And that's a whole nother sermon, sermon. But can you imagine, though, trying to, as this writer is doing, encourage Christians in those conditions? 
This is the challenge faced by the author of the book of Hebrews. And I reference it today and center it today, not because all that you or I are facing is due to our being persecuted because we are Christians. I actually don't believe that it is. We can discuss that at a later time. The bigger point to me this morning is that we are all facing some trials, some tribulations, some difficulty. And I should mention uh, somewhat parenthetically here that I'm not saying that God is is God is at the forefront, if you will, in using uh, or orchestrating our current circumstances to shake us down. I am not implying that the fire of God, which is referenced also in this chapter, is now raining down on America. That, again, is another conversation. But suffice it to say, I think it's a slippery slope for so many reasons to go down that path. And I'm not skiing there today. In fact, I don't ski, uh, period. But anyways, uh, close that parentheses. But there are trials, there are tribulations. We have a virus, a, the coronavirus 19, one that many, I would dare say all of us are tired of it, and yet it is not tired of us. 2020 has brought about myriad difficulties that make you just say, God, what in the world? Why? What, what, <laughs> what is happening here? And like the author of Hebrews, I'm here simply this morning trying to say, hey, don't forget, give thanks, worship, repeat. <laughs> give thanks, worship, repeat. No matter the loss of 2020, and we have had some to the tune of just COVID alone, 245,000, several of whom I know personally and probably some of you do too. We've had the loss of, of what it looks like to even experience a typical grieving process, which is hard enough. Then having to do it through Zoom or just from afar. We've had to grieve, for example, the loss of having someone uh, uh, go with us to medical appointments where we'd have to hear some difficult news or have to make some major decisions. But we, we're grieving it because we can't, given the conditions. We've had to grieve the loss of a lot. But no matter the loss, we, those of us who call Jesus our Lord, we have access to the royal power of the triumphant Messiah. We talked last week about the all-surpassing power of God that enables us, though persecuted, to never be in despair, etc. All of what we shared last week. A royal power that's conferred on Christians in the Messiah's kingdom. Since we are receiving a kingdom, the text says, that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful be thankful. Now, I couldn't help but think when reading this over and over and thinking about sort of the larger context of our lived experience and the larger context of the reader's experience to whom the writer was writing, could the author be any more cruel? <laughs> Folks are getting beat down, thrown in prison. They're dying. And he's saying, be thankful? How, how oblivious could the author be? How oblivious might I sound to you today in the face of rising COVID numbers, a return to more strict restrictions, at least in Virginia and in other states? Doesn't God see what's happening to us? Doesn't God care? Don't you get it, Paul? Why are you ever telling us? Why is the writer of the book of Hebrews telling these folks to be thankful? What in the world? Any of y'all ever say anything like that? God, what? How in the world? That's 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all things. Where does that even come from? 
First of all, why did I even have to go through all of this? Why did I have to go through all of that? Why did I have to get this diagnosis? Why did I have to lose that loved one so early in life or so tragically? Why doesn't my significant other love me anymore? Why, why, why? I feel so alone, God, why? And then you want me to be thankful. No, no thanks. I don't want turkey right now. I'll pass. Are you kidding me? And if you haven't figured out, no, the author is not kidding and neither am I. You don't have to eat turkey. <laughs> but please remember that you are a recipient. We are recipients and you can be, if not already, a recipient of the unshakable. Weeping may endure for the night, Psalm 30 says. And, and there's, there's some weeping happening right now in our context, no doubt. But joy that verse in Psalm 30 goes on to say, comes in the morning, our faith, our assurance, our confidence, our peace rest on the truth that the gates of hell will not prevail against one thing, the kingdom of God. Good news. So if and when it seems like all is burning to the ground, am I talking to anybody living on earth right now? When my heart is overwhelmed, the psalmist says in chapter 61, verse 2, which is also a song that's ringing in my head right now, too. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to where? The rock. The rock that is higher than I. We used to sing in the college gospel choir, rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 36, it says, for the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. God sees us, y'all, and has not, nor will God ever leave us or forsake us, Hebrews 13 and 5. So whether it feels like it's the, uh, 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 the, the, the Batman or, or the gatekeeper, if you're, you know, Cedar Point, Ohio, anybody go there, or the, the, the outlaw run in Missouri, or the King Ka at Six Flags, let us, whatever in life feels like that, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Reverence and awe. Because of the unshakable kingdom that we get to receive. Now, that's quite different from what we can all fall prey to in terms of being in awe of the circumstances, that's that's what was happening here in the book of Hebrews or that what was happening with with Elisha's servant initially anyways, in the book of Second Kings, chapter six. It's a great story, uh, not in awe of of what one sees, but rather in awe as Elisha's servant eventually came around to be of the chariots and horses of fire representative of Jesus that were surrounding him. In awe of who Jesus is, even when things seem dead, or heck, even when things literally are dead, like Lazarus in the, the Gospel of John chapter 11, being in awe as Martha was of who Jesus still is, evidenced by her saying, yes, if you had been here, Jesus, I know my brother would not have died, but even now, I know that my Father in heaven will give you whatever you ask. Even now, we are we are thankful this morning that we serve an even now God. Give thanks, worship, repeat. Let us be thankful and worship God acceptably with reverence and all. That's why we declare every day, Psalm 118 and 24, that this is the day that the Lord has made. We rejoice 
we are glad in it. It's not an insensitive dis disregard for the pain that life brings our way, for the pain being experienced on many levels right now. Rather, it's a declaration that I'm not going back to the created things that might seem to bring stability. For the audience here in this text of Hebrews chapter 12, it was the Jewish customs. There was comfort in the external regulations, but, but I referenced earlier on the, the newer covenant superior to those old customs. And, and for those of us who call Jesus Lord, there's a new covenant. When we've received Jesus, there will be temptation, no doubt, to go back to the drugs. There will be no, no doubt temptation. Let's, let me go back to, to sex outside of marriage. Let me, let me go back to atheism. Let me go back to agnosticism. For you, it might be cynicism. I don't know, but it might be retreating from all of the meaningful relationships in this time because of some, some, some philosophical differences, instead of working through them, with them, the meaningful others in your life. It could be just retreating to isolation. I don't know what the temptation is for you to succumb to, but no doubt the story of, of this audience here in the book of Hebrews is us in difficulty, in real suffering and persecution that is hurting that's causing pain and death even, there can be no doubt a temptation for us to retreat and go back. And I'm here just to say, no, I don't know what it is you're dealing with, but I invite you to declare, I won't go back. Why? Because I, we belong to an unshakable kingdom. If ever there was a time that we fixed our eyes on Jesus, now is a time to look beyond the hills. Psalm 121, the psalmist says, Beyond the hills that can be distracting, beyond them to the one from whom our help sincerely comes. The creator of heaven and earth, he who demolished death and the grave. That's why with that perspective, we can offer up a sacrifice of praise. That's how huh, scripture says, when I am lifted up, I'll, I will draw others. We can be the light to the world, salt to the earth in the praises we give to heaven when it doesn't make any other sense to be doing so. Hebrews 13 and 15 goes on in that next chapter, if you read on, to say, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess God's name. Give thanks, worship, and then repeat. <laughs> let us continually do so, not because it feels good, or, I, you know, because we wake up every day, we feel like it because sometimes you're like, I don't feel like it today. <laughs> but because we know we serve an unshakable God and we are the recipients we are associated with, we are privileged and honored to be part of an unshakable kingdom. And so as I close, I just want to ask a few questions of myself, first and foremost, and to us, those of you listening today. Will you give thanks in the midst of, will you give thanks today? I know all is not great and good. Last I checked, anybody above ground is dealing with something. So I know it's not all great and good, but will you, will we give thanks? I can't help but maintain the, the imagination of a community of Christ followers locally in Charlottesville and beyond. A community of Christ followers whose worship individually and corporately isn't dependent on circumstances or feeling, but rather on the realization that we are a part of an unshakable kingdom. 
join me in declaring, join me in encouraging, join me in pushing one another to give thanks. Worship and repeat. We preached a, a message maybe a year ago or so, I can't remember now, where we said, thank you makes room for more. Giving thanks, recognizing the God we serve and the gratitude due to him, being content, if you will. Oh, it allows for space for God to do some more because there's trust in our contentment, our gratitude, our thanksgiving for who God is in the midst of very trying situations that he no doubt is empathetic. God is no doubt sensitive to. Let's pray. It's time. Lord, thank you for this word this morning. Not even getting to the 29th verse of, of the consuming fire, the what's representative throughout scripture of, of how you've come, both as going before us, eliminating those that are mightier than us, and God coming in a way that sweeps and cleans out the nonsense and the, the nastiness and the craziness. God, not even getting to that, but recognizing that because of our being part of the unshakable kingdom, that is Jesus Christ, that there's a refuge, there's a safety, there's a health, there's a peace, there's a joy, there's a comfort in the nearness of our God. You are an all-consuming fire. Yes, you are. And this morning we give thanks. We give thanks and we worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And if you're listening this morning and you're saying, you know what? You reference throughout for those who follow Jesus and those who follow Christ, and I'm not one, but today I want to make that decision. Let me point you to Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, which says to confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. To believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and in so doing, you enter that unshakable kingdom. Such that as chaos around us continues to happen, as difficult times continue to come, there's a rest in your spirit that is unlike any other. And if you make that decision, you're not alone. God calls us then to live in community. And there's a link even in our chat box for how you can connect, if local, with Victory, so we can help you with those next steps. And even if not local, we can still help you with those next steps and connecting with the community somewhere so that you can live out this life of faith, unshakable. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the word of God that reminds us of the basics, that reminds us of foundational principles that are profound in their impact as we apply them. May we live right, may we live well as we move forward in our process of sanctification, being made more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Family, we love you. We are grateful for you, and we are endeavoring, even in this period of time, to live in victory. We believe God's called us to that, and we are endeavoring to participate well in that regard. And so that's my admonishment today. Let's live in victory. Love you, fam. Have a great day.